Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, my rapid reaction to the Steelers' 17-10 win over the New England Patriots. This team finally gets it done against their arch nemesis, the New England Patriots, a team that they have had so many problems with in the past, and they did it in dominating defensive performance, something no one could have seen coming. I certainly did not. This was a team that defensively was playing poorly in the past couple weeks, especially late in football games, and especially in taking away number one options. Keenan Allen, Jared Cook having big games against this Steeler defense, and going up against Rob Gronkowski, a player who has given this team so many problems in the past, it felt like a recipe for disaster again for this Steeler defense. And it was quite the opposite. A dominating Steeler defensive performance against a great offense with Tom Brady and those and those Patriots. We will talk about that game at length today on the show. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Tony Serino. You can find more of this podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, search Locked On Steelers, hit that subscribe button. You'll get your daily dose. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find us on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, hit the like button. Make sure you also join the Facebook group. And you can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. All right, let's get right to it. The Steelers win over the Patriots 17-10. to uh, This was a crazy game. The Steelers win by just scoring 17 points, and they do it because they're, they, they win because their defense held Tom Brady and the Patriots to just 10 points. A defense that, look, we've all ridiculed it all year, and, and rightfully so. I mean, this defense has not played well in some time, and they have given up lead after lead in these games. And yet, somehow, someway, that same defense full of guys like John Bostic and Terrell Edmonds and and Artie Burns and you know these players who we've, who we've ridiculed all year long, they finally come up with, with their best defensive performance and they do it against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. An incredible performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Finally, finally, we can get on here and talk about this team getting over the hump and beating the New England Patriots. Finally, and yes, it's a seven-five and one team that didn't look like it was going to be able to beat the Patriots. Didn't look like it was going to be able to beat anyone after that loss against the Raiders. An embarrassing loss against the Raiders. You know, I got on this podcast a week ago, and I said that was one of Mike Tomlin's worst coaching performances, and I was very critical of him a week ago. But I will say today that this performance, beating the Patriots seventeen to ten, this is one of Mike Tomlin's best coaching performances, especially. In the regular season, this is Mike Tomlin. You know, we talk about Mike Tomlin teams playing down to their opponent, right? And 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 you know that's why they lose to teams like the Raiders, and that's why they, they lose to teams like the Broncos. Is that you know stupid things happen because they're looking past them, or you know they're not well prepared enough, and that sort of thing. This was a a Mike Tomlin team being coached up, playing above itself. You saw guys in this game who have not played well all year, or ha- certainly haven't shown what they did in this game playing up to their opponent, playing above themselves. And I'll start with the MVP of this game offensively, Jalen Samuels. When when James Conner was announced as being doubtful in this game and meant he wouldn't play, you, you looked at this matchup and you said, boy, the Steelers are going to be one-dimensional again. How are we going to win as a one-dimensional offense against a Bill Belichick defense, especially given the fact that the Patriots defense up front is so soft. And you saw that against the Dolphins a week ago. The Steelers had so much success running the ball in this matchup a year ago. And yet, with a guy like Jalen Samuels, a guy like Steven Ridley, are we really going to be able to run the ball with success? And not only was this team able to run the ball 
This was a Bill Cower 90-style run-the-ball-and-play-defense type of win. Jalen Samuels finishes this game with 172 total yards, 142 of that coming on the ground. And coming off a performance for Jalen Samuels, where he carried the ball just 11 times for just 28 yards. He was, he was bad a week ago. The entire running game was bad a week ago against a bad Raiders team and a bad Raiders run defense. But give credit to, to the entire offense. Give credit to, to Samuels himself, the offensive line. But Randy Feekner as well. The toss counterplay I thought was so well designed in this game. Because, look, the, the Patriots were soft. They were soft up front. And the offensive line did a great job of blocking. But it, that toss counter gave Samuels a chance to keep his head up, use his vision, find big holes, and cut back for what was consistent splash plays in the running game. Samuels finishes the game with 142 yards on the ground, but that was 142 yards on 30 carries, on 35 carries, right? That was 142 yards on just 19 carries, well over seven yards per carry, and that's because he consistently got runs of 10-plus, big splash plays in the running game, and it kept drives alive, it kept drives moving, kept getting this Steeler team into scoring position. You can't talk about the running game without talking about the offensive line. They were terrific. They were dominant in the run game when they needed to be, as I said, against a very soft Patriots front. Ben was sacked just twice in this game, and they came in one drive, and after that, was not sacked again. Now, the Patriots got some pressure, but unlike Brady, Ben was poised in those moments, and he made some some of his biggest plays in this game were made outside of the pocket when he had to kind of run, run around, uh, including that big, huge third down. I mean, they, he had a huge third down conversion late in the game to keep that drive alive to Jalen Samuels along the sideline. Great job of Samuels ad-libbing there with Ben Roethlisberger, the rookie, on the same page with Ben, keeping his eyes on Ben, making that play. Look, this wasn't a this wasn't a perfect performance from Ben Roethlisberger. In fact, I think there were times in this game where he played pretty poorly. He had two big interceptions. I mean, it's not uncharacteristic for him to throw interceptions. He's thrown quite a few this year. He missed a couple deep balls. His, his deep accuracy has been lacking, and it was in this game at times. But he made some plays down the stretch. And on a day where the Patriots did a pretty decent job of taking away the Steelers' top two options in Antonio Brown and Juju. They had their moments, but they weren't dominant in this game. Ben Roethlisberger got everyone else involved. And, and that everyone else finally included James Washington, who I've been talking him up. I talked him up all the way through training camp, all the way through preseason. And how could you not, given the training camp and preseason that he had? What he established himself early in training camp, I think it was like the start of week two, he established himself as a guy who can make combat catches. You put the ball anywhere within his catch radius, and he's bringing it down. And, and it looked like the Steelers were in for another quality rookie at wide receiver, the likes of which they, we saw a year ago from Juju. And this guy could be on the outside, you know, just what the Steelers needed in replacing a guy like Martavis Bryant. And James Washington in 2018 has been terrible. He had, And there, there's no other way to put that, right? He has been non-existent. He has been terrible. He has been benched multiple times in 2018. It seemed like 2018 was a lost season for him and we would start again in 2019 and trying to get him going as a quality outside receiver for this team. But that's not the case because it finally happened. James Washington showed up and showed up in the biggest moment of the year. That catch that he made along the sideline, that's every day in training camp. That's every day in practice. That's every preseason game this year. So finally, 
He comes through. And for it to be that moment, this moment, beating the Patriots in the way that they did, and guys like Jalen Samuels coming through, finally, James Washington making plays. And that play that he had down the sideline wasn't the only one he had in this game. He had also had a very nice catch and run where he made a guy miss. For it to be this moment for those guys to come through goes to show you the mentality of this team and the mentality this team had going into this football game. Credit to Mike Tomlin for that. Credit to Mike Tomlin for coaching this team up, getting these players to play above themselves, giving performances we haven't seen from these guys all year. I saw a different Jalen Samuels out there than I've seen all year. I saw a different James Washington. Well, I didn't see a different James. I finally saw James Washington out there. And credit to Mike Tomlin for activating Eli Rogers and understanding what he could add to this offense in this moment and using him, keeping him active on the roster when when it was announced that Ryan Switzer would be available in this game. You know, Switzer's been very good out of the slot, but Eli Rogers had some pretty big catches, especially early in this game. He had a huge third down conversion early in this game. Really, you know, I don't want to say that a play that early changed the complexion, but the fact that he got that third, third what is it, third and four, led the Steelers down the field to ultimately score a touchdown on that drive. And starting this game up 7-0 and not down 7-0, which is what the Steelers have done in pretty much every other matchup they've had against the Patriots, did change the tenor of this game. The Steelers are out front early. The Steelers are not, we're not playing from behind all game. The Steelers played from a lead. That was huge in this game. That was huge. This wasn't a perfect performance offensively. I mean, they only put up 17 points. But there were some moments late, especially that last drive. The the, the, the drive to get them that field goal at the end. The the 13-play drive. I mean, that was very much a Jalen Samuels-led drive. It was a Vance McDonald third-down conversion early in that drive. Then Samuels pretty much took over from there and I think had every yard from that point forward. I got credit, man. Cre- such credit to this football team for playing above themselves like this. Credit to Mike Tomlin for getting them to play that well. Uh, and look, we haven't even talked about the defensive side. You know, you think offensively this team played above itself? Well, at, look, we're going to go to break here, but after this break, we're going to talk about what has got to be one of the craziest turnarounds for, for the defense that I've ever seen. This defense holds Tom Brady and, and that Patriots offense to just 10 points. We'll talk about it right after this. Hey, want to let you guys know about my bookie. Whether you're an expert or rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little but win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay on my bookie. Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. And right now, there's so much to bet on. You got college football. You got the NFL still under, still going with the playoffs coming up. You got college bowl season underway. The NBA is in full swing. Same thing with the NHL. They've got custom props, even esports. I mean, you name it. My bookie has it all. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I've used them all year. It's a fantastic service. They've got great reviews. They've been in business for years. I mean, their mobile site is terrific. You have that mobile app going. You can do live uh, betting as the games are going with their mobile site. It's fantastic. If you sign up this week, my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. And make sure you follow them on Twitter, at MyBookie. They personally respond to every mention and DM, not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDON. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, and let's talk about that defensive performance 
on Sunday. No one saw this coming. The Steeler defense holding Tom Brady and the Patriots to just 10 points. A a Patriots team that just owns the Steelers. I mean, they put up so many points in these games. High 20s, 30s every single time these two teams meet and usually do so in pretty embarrassing fashion, right? Finding a mismatch defensively or, or finding some sort of problem with that Steeler defense and exploiting it over and over and over again uh, until, you know, until the Steelers wilt. That didn't happen in this game at all. I mean, there, there was no real weakness that the Steelers were able, or that the, the, uh, the Patriots were able to find in this Steeler defense. And although they were able to move the ball a little bit, they were not able to cash in points. They were over three in the red zone. Now, I know it's going to get said, and actually, I said this on Locked On NFL earlier today. I was on Matt Williamson's show, and I recorded that right after the game ended. And I made the point of, you know, look, the, the Patriots didn't play well in this game offensively. They had a lot of they had a lot of penalties, and it's just very uncharacteristic of them, a lot of drops, that kind of thing, uh, which is true. I mean, they, they had a ton of penalties in this game, and it was a, a huge, huge factor in the game was the number of penalties that the Patriots had. But I'm kind of sorry I made that point, especially in the way that I did, because it kind of takes away from what the Steelers did defensively. You know, don't don't let anyone tell you that the Patriots played down or something that they just, they were just off or they were uncharacteristic or anything like that. I mean, they were, but it was because of the performance of the Steelers defensively. You know, 14 penalties, but so many of those were holding calls and so many of those were false starts. The, the first of all, the false starts credit to the fans in Heinz Field. That place was rocking. I mean, that was incredible. Um, but also the pass rush and credit to the front seven of this game. Cause I've been so critical of them, even a team that, you know, they're so, you know, they lead the league in sacks and all that. And I don't care, right? I don't care how many sacks you get against the bad teams. I don't care when you load up against bad teams like the Browns. I want to see them get big, have big performances in big games. And that's what we saw on Sunday. That was the difference in this game is the amount of pressure that they were able to get on Brady. Now you might say to yourself, well, Tony, you mean late, late in this game, they didn't get a whole lot of pressure on Brady and he was able to put together a couple drives. But I, I will tell you this, that last drive, the holding call that they got on second down with Tuit having an incredible rush up the middle uh, and forcing Shaq Mason into, you know, basically he had to hold, otherwise Tuit was going right for Brady. That was a huge play in that drive. And that, that turned it from second and five from the 11 to all the way back to second and 15. And it, me- it meant that the, the Patriots had to go 20 plus yards to get a touchdown. They really couldn't use the middle of the field because there was only 30 seconds left. They had no timeouts left. And that's a huge play. It was as good as a sack. Um, and so, I, look, this was a dominating pass rush that got there so many times. They, again, got by that got there, I mean got pressure on Brady and forced him off his spot or forced him into a quicker throw or, or more inaccurate throw than he was intending. And, and we'll talk about the interception here in a second because that was the biggest play of the game. But that pass rush got there. It got there on big third downs. T.J. Watt was dominant in this game. I expected T.J. Watt to be in and around Brady on basically every play. That's how good he was in this football game. Same can be said for Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt. Bud Dupree had, had moments in this game. So did Anthony Ciccolo. I mean, this, this Steeler front seven came to play, and I love to see that because, I, as, I've, as I've said, I've been critical of them, but this was, a, this was the kind of performance I've been waiting to see from that Steeler front seven. Now, also, credit to the entire defense as a whole, right? Credit to everyone involved with that defense. And Tomlin talks a lot about the no-blink mentality that you have to have in the National Football League. And after that opening touchdown the Patriots had, and this for this defense to then hold the Patriots to just a field goal from that point. I mean, Chris Hogan on that play was as open as you will ever see a player in the National Football League. Now, Artie Burns is getting, you know, he's getting a, a lot of crap for that play. And Tomlin said after the game that that was not 
Artie Burns' fault on that play. It wasn't now. He said it wasn't Artie's fault. Not that it wasn't Artie's responsibility. And, and Tomlin blamed some miscommunication and blamed himself there for not getting uh, the communication in from the sideline, I guess because he was arguing about the, the play prior where the Steelers tried to do a late switch like the Patriots had done a late switch and the, the refs kind of held up the ball um, and that they, the Steelers were not allowed to do a late switch there. And I guess Tomlin was upset about that. And, and it, it allowed the Patriots to get, I mean, just a free seven points. Right? No one covered... Hogan, I mean, according to NFL's next-gen stats, that was the most open a player has been all year. <laughs> Chris Hogan was the most open a player has been. And so to go from that moment, which was so embarrassing, to then holding this Patriots team to just 10 points, again, spotting them seven, holding them to 10 total points, incredible performance, taking away Rob Gronkowski. We talked all week about how is this team going to shut down Gronk, and they, they brought in Morgan Burnett, for this purpose, and you know, you no longer can trust Morgan Burnett here. Gronk finishes the game with two catches, 21 yards. And you felt like as the game went on, boy, you know, Gronk's gonna get going any any minute here. He never did. I mean, he had a big catch late in the game to get a first down, but that was it. I mean, that, that was the only big play Rob Gronkowski had. He had one big play in this game and ended up being, you know, a a, a conversion on third down. Right? It wasn't a big touchdown play. It wasn't dominating Sean Davis, you know, it wasn't embarrassing this Steeler defense. And instead, it was this Steeler defense, as Tomlin said after the game, utilizing a multitude of different coverages to shut him down. And, and they absolutely did. They weren't as susceptible in this game to misdirection. I mean, they were early. That's what kind of led to the Hogan play. But after that, this defense, they tried it again. The Patriots tried it again as far as you know, using some of that misdirection and getting this, this team going one way and throwing it the other way. They had a little screen pass that they had designed, I think, for James White at one point. Uh, they, they were trying to do the same kind of fake end around, fake handoff, uh, throw down the field. It wasn't open. Credit to this Steeler defense, man. They played so above themselves in this game. Uh, no one, again, as I said, no one could have seen this coming. You just could not have seen this coming. And that's what I was trying to say last week is throw the X's and O's out. Because right? the X's and O's say, I mean, you know, Terrell Edmonds and Sean Davis are going up against these the, Tom Brady in this offense. Right? How are we gonna How are we gonna cover Gronk? You've watched guys like Bostic all year, and you know how is this How is this Steeler defense gonna be able to do it? And yet they did. They did because they played so above themselves. Let's talk about the interception. Let's talk about the biggest play of the game, the Hayden interception. You know what I loved about this play is that it's, it's three of the Steelers' best players, maybe the actually the best three players the Steelers have defensively, all coming through in, in the same play. Hayward and Tuitt kind of meet you at the quarterback, getting pressure. On Brady, forcing him to throw off his back foot, trying to, to he's, you know, Brady's trying to get it out of bounds. It looks like maybe he's trying to get it to Gronk there. And then Hayden with a terrific performance going up, getting, you know, getting his hands on the ball, high pointing that football, but also as impressive as getting two feet in bounds as he's getting hit by two defenders, Gronk and another player coming in to get that ball away from him. An incredible play from this team. And again, it's, it's both sides working together. I thought the Steelers in this game did a very good job of disguising more of their coverage. And instead of Brady going back to throw and, and having open windows all day like you usually see a Steeler team against Tom Brady, instead he would go back and kind of hesitate a little bit. And certainly with some of the pressure there, you know, he felt un, he felt like he was uncomfortable all day. And I give credit, look, give credit to Tomlin. Give credit. People aren't going to want to hear this, but give credit to Keith Butler too. You know, the Steelers defense held the, the Patriots to just 10 points. So we can't, you know, you, you can't give credit to all these players and all these great plays and, and taking away Gronk and taking away some of the things that Brady wanted to do offensively and getting Brady in these moments where he felt uneasy and, and uh, not sure of himself in the pocket without giving credit 
to a guy like Keith Butler. So, I mean, look, you know, I'm no fan of Keith Butler. I haven't been. I've been pretty vocal about that. But credit to him and credit to his defense for playing their best defensive performance of the year by far. The best Steeler performance defensively we've seen actually in some time. Uh, you know, I talked about this being like a 90s-style win, run the ball, play defense. You know, this the problem with this this team and this equa- that equation for some time now has been the play defense part of it. And this was the first time in a long time you can say this was a this was a Steeler defense playing well above itself and playing dominating defense against a quality opponent offensively. So hats off to the defense. Great performance from them. All right, one more break. After this break, we're going to talk about Chris Boswell, his performance. What happened there with Bos? Was that the last performance we will ever see from Chris Boswell in a Steeler uniform? Also, I want to put this game in perspective with the rest of the year right after this. All right, let's finish up today talking about Chris Boswell and his performance on Sunday. I tweeted after he missed that first field goal, the one in the, at the start of the second half, that that was the end of Chris Boswell. You can't bring it. I mean, everyone was tweeting. I know a lot of people were saying the same thing. But it just, it did. It, feel, it felt like, okay, I, I get keeping him for one more week. You got the salary cap implications. He's been so good for this team in the past, but you can't. You can't keep going with Chris Boswell from this point. That was such a huge play in the game and a momentum shift against the Steelers. The tide kind of turning against the Steelers in this game. That was a big drive for the Steelers. Nine plays, 65 yards down the field, putting themselves in scoring position. They could have got a touchdown on that drive. They were unable to convert. They had first and goal from the four-yard line, then got called uh, for intentional grounding, which backed them up and led to a third and goal from the 14. And that left Boswell out there on fourth and goal. Missing from 32 yards. At a moment when the Steelers could have gone up 17-7. to Could have been a 10-point game. Could have been a two-possession game early in the third quarter. Or mid- midway through the third quarter. And instead, the Steelers don't go up 17-7. to But the Patriots drive down on their drive and get the, the field goal of their own, making it a kind of a six-point turnaround. You know, Mike Lombardi of the ringer and of the athletic, he makes his point a lot of saying that the missed field goals should be considered turnovers. They're that big a play in a game. They're kind of momentum-shifting type plays, and it certainly was that in this game. Uh, Boswell missing from 32, man. You know, missing a chip, not, not, not just missing the chip shot, missing the way that he did. Just way, way wide right. Way, way, way out there. Not even close. And the, the the body language he had afterwards, he was so angry about it. And I, I get being angry about it because this was a huge game and it was a huge moment in a huge game. But you talk about kicking being a, a mental thing. And you just wondered, boy, where where is Boz right now mentally? Because you never see that from Boz. You never see that kind of outward uh, showing of his anger. But you did there. You did there. And it felt like that was one of those times where the tide kind of turned against the Steelers, right? That, boy, this game can really turn back at any moment in favor of the Patriots. The Steelers never had that kind of commanding lead in this game. In fact, a, a large part of this game was played right around there, 14-7, to 14-10. to 10. It was always a one-possession game. But no, no moment in this game was more terrifying as a Steelers fan than third and six, Steelers with the ball at the Patriots' 30, and I'm telling the people I'm watching the game with, oh, the Steelers, this is two-down territory. They're going for it on fourth down. No way they're bringing out Boz. You can, I'm saying you can run here. You run some clock off. You know, you get, Samuels has been great. You know, their defense is soft. You, you can get the first down by running here. Or if you want to throw, that's fine because you're going to throw again on fourth down anyway. Right? I mean, I, I'm so caught. There's no way they're bringing Boz out. No way. And when I watched Tomlin bring Boz out on fourth, fourth down, it was like, 
I mean, look, it's it's silly to say, you know, Tomlin putting his career in his hands because Tomlin, as I've said, Tomlin's never getting fired. Certainly not now. But watching Boz go out there, it did, it had this kind of crazy, surreal, like, Tomlin, if you, if he misses this field goal, a guy who just missed a 32-yarder, if Boswell missed that 48-yarder and then the, the, the Patriots go down and score and win this game 17-14, to the amount of ridicule, the amount of hate that is going to come towards Mike Tomlin for having Boswell go, even go out there and attempt that field goal and not keeping the ball in Ben Roethlisberger's hands there and giving him another chance to convert. I mean, he's going to get... I mean, th- th- this is what I'm thinking in the moment. I'm like, Tomlin's getting roasted after this game. He's getting roasted after this game. And yet, <laughs> Boswell goes out there and and like it's you know like it's a, a throwback to 2017. I mean, just easy kick. It looked like it was so you know the, the same kind of kicks he made all of last year. The kind of you know, the pressure of the moment, and he's not showing it at all, and it's just right down the middle. Vintage Chris Boswell in that moment. And then the next thought you have is maybe you don't maybe you don't cut Boss right. Maybe maybe Boss stays. Maybe Boss is the kicker going forward. I don't know. I don't know what the Steelers are going to do. It sounded like after the game and listening to Tomlin's post-game press conference that they probably are going to stick with Boz. And remember, you got the salary cap implications there of Boz, of cutting Boz. Um, so, I'm, you know, the, the kicker they wanted is now in Jacksonville. Um, so I don't think they're going to go out. You know, they'd have to do another tryout because the other guy, McCrane, I, I doubt that they're going to want to bring him in. So you have to go through another tryout. Uh, Boss made a 48-yarder. Boss made a 48-yarder with two and a half minutes to go. If he misses, the Patriots get the ball at what the their their own 40, and they're they, you know with with enough time and enough field position to go right down and score what could have been the game winner there. And again, we talk about momentum shifts and turnovers off missed field goals and all that. God, I mean that was such a that was such a crazy moment. Credit to Tomlin for sticking with Boss because you know was that the kick to kind of get Boss back going again? Maybe, hopefully. I would. I don't know. I don't. Know. And that's that's actually what I want to talk about here to end the show. Is is what does this game mean contextually within the entire year? Right. Okay. So Steelers win seventeen ten. They beat the Patriots. They're back to eight five and one. They can now clinch the division a week from now if they win and the the Ravens lose, and the Ravens are traveling to L A to play the Chargers. The Steelers travel to New Orleans to play the Saints. So the Steelers can clinch the AFC North. Next week. Now, it would involve the Ravens losing to the Chargers, which I think there's a very good chance of that happening, but it also involves the Steelers beating the Saints in New Orleans. Maybe a little bit more of a stretch there, but you know, when, when week 16 ends, the division could be won by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that leaves us with the question of where does this team fit in the AFC as a whole? I mean, this is a huge win against the Patriots. The Patriots were one of the best teams in the AFC, or at least they were, they were always going to be there at the end of the year. And, and this team has been such a thorn in the side of the Steelers. So getting past this, right, getting over this hump now to save their season, it's a huge game. And and does it show some character of this football team? Absolutely. Um, but I don't want to read too much into the actual play on the field in this game, right? I don't, I don't want to look at a guy like Jalen Samuels now and say, boy, you know, he can be just as good as Connor or, or you know, and, and this as long as Connor's hurt, we're fine with Samuels or things like that. I mean, that's probably too going too far. Some of that was just this matchup and and the running game being very good in this particular matchup at home in a game that they absolutely had to win. Same thing defensively, right? I loved what I saw defensively. I'm not taking anything away from this team and, and the performance that they had on Sunday. But to read into that and say, you know, this defense is now all of a sudden very good or they can shut down the Chiefs or, you know, because they shut down the Patriots, they could shut down, 
you know, X other team, whether that's, you know, I mean, the Saints coming up this week, right? I don't know that that's going to be the case. I, you know, we've been very frustrated by this Steeler defense all year. I expect that we will be frustrated by this Steeler defense again this year. Uh, and while this Patriots performance, you know, it was, per, it was, this was nearly a perfect performance from that defense. Um, I, again, I just don't want to read too much into the result of this game going forward. I think this team can be a contender. I think this team absolutely can be a contender in the AFC. I've said it all year. You know, that three-game losing streak that we went on, we lost by 13 points combined in those games. It wasn't like we were getting blown out. It wasn't like we were getting embarrassed. It wasn't like this team looked like a team that didn't, you know, didn't belong on the same field as those other teams. I mean, they, they got very unfortunate uh, breaks in pretty much all of those games, and, and they, you know, they didn't have a winning mentality at the end of those games. The one thing you can say after this game is hopefully the Steelers got their head screwed back on straight, that they have that winning mentality, that Tomlin has got this team playing winning football again. This was not just a one-game mirage type of thing where the Steelers were up for one opponent and then it all kind of falls back down to earth. But we shall see because they have a big matchup coming up next week against the New Orleans Saints. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry, and I'll be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers.